0: Hey there, it's Gary Paris. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. If you're watching on YouTube, please smash that like button like you're Brandon Davies. You have consent while you're smashing... Let me once again remind you what we got going on over a ten-week span. It's called the Summer Shootaround. It's a series during which we're going to focus on twenty notable teams over a span of ten weeks, two per week. Twenty teams in ten weeks, and we're doing the schools in alphabetical order. So we've already knocked out Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, Auburn, and Baylor. Now we turn our attention to Creighton. The Blue Jays went twenty-three and twelve last season. Finished. Fourth in the Big East standings, got a nine seed in the NCAA tournament, then lost to the eventual national champion, Kansas, in the round of 32. From that team, Creighton lost Ryan Hawkins, Alex O'Connell. So two of the top three scores, but the Blue Jays are bringing back Ryan Kuckbrenner. Ryan Nimhard, Arthur Kaluma, Trey Alexander, four of the top six scores. They're also adding South Dakota State transfer Baylor Shireman. I've got Creighton ranked 11th in the CBS Sports Top 25 and 1. We'll see what Deadleg Leg thinks of Greg McDermott's Blue Jays next. But first, a word from our sponsors. All right, Deadleg. I got Creighton ranked 11th in the top 25, and one that makes the Blue Jays my pick to win the Big East. Where are you at on Creighton as a legitimate Final Four contender?
1: Well, let's go with the trivia time right off the bat before I answer that. All right, trivia time. You ready for it? Ready. I'm always ready. All right. Let's see if you can get this within. You see, you might know it. You did your research, so I know you're you're checking in on various sources, including Wikipedia. So maybe you stumbled upon this and it's sitting there in the recesses of your brain. Let's see if you can get this within 30 victories. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thirty north, thirty south. It counts as a win. Otherwise, you're out. How many total career wins for Greg McDermott? Do you think?
0: Oh, there? I have not looked that up. Um, career wins, Greg McDermott. Yep. I, I can I,
1: say uh, he started in 1994 at Wayne State in, in Division II. So this counts to his overall tally here.
0: I I'm I have no context for what this could be. I'm going to say 450. You're you know you're in the you're in the
1: ballpark, but uh, but that isn't. 556 and 332. Greg McDermott has won 556 games in his career. He's a bit more accomplished than he probably gets credit for at Creighton. He's 276 and 137. That's a 668 win percentage. 57 years old. He's done. Uh, he's done damn well for himself at Creighton. Uh, getting that job after you know Dana Altman in a different conference obviously brought that program to sustained relevance. As for this season, I'm intrigued by Creighton. So I, I was thinking about. Where they'll be projected versus what the expectation should be. All right. Last season, the Jays finished 50th in Ken Palm. They finished 24th in Torvik. That's a split that we don't often see among teams that would be in the top 50 of either of those predictive metrics parish. They were 40th in Sagarin and 41 overall in the Massey composite. So they were a good team. They were not a great team. How good was Creighton last season? How big will the jump be? The team brings back eight scholarship players. There is a case Creighton will be the best team in the Big East. You think that will be the that will be. The situation based upon where you have the Jays ranked in your preseason top 25 and one Villanova no longer has Jay Wright Providence lost some pieces after winning the Big East regular season last season. Providence didn't even play the full allotment of games. We'll see where the Friars go. I think Creighton's floor is number four in the Big East. And if you're a Creighton fan listening and you think that's too low, I'm saying it's the floor. It's not my prediction. I'm saying the worst case scenario, I think, for Creighton in the league will be fourth. But keep in mind. There are teams every single season. I'm going to leave the uh, the roster breakdown to GP. I just want to remind Creighton fans of this. Given where they finished last season, you will get Nemhard back. We'll talk about his injury in a second here. But every single season, there are teams that are almost universally projected in the top 20 or in the top 25 that wind up failing to be top 25 teams, not just even at the end of the season, but for a majority of the season. Maybe Creighton will be one of those teams. Maybe it won't. But last season, here were those teams. Michigan, preseason number six team, did not appear in a single poll from December six on. Last offseason, Paris, the idea that Michigan would have been written off if we had done these offseason series a year ago, it would have been incredulous to think that Michigan wouldn't be a top 25 team. Guess what? It was six, and then it wasn't in a poll for more than 80% of the season. It happened, and it happened without big-time injuries. Memphis... Preseason number 12 didn't appear in any poll from the same mark on as Michigan. Oregon, preseason 13, was in the first 2 weeks of the AP poll only to never come back. Alabama went from 14 to unranked. Ohio State, preseason 17, ended the season unranked. UNC, Florida State, Maryland, Saint Bonaventure and Virginia all started ranked in the preseason. Most of those teams were not ranked for a majority of the season. That's 10 of the 25 teams. So I'm not I want to be clear about this. I'm not saying Creighton is destined to this. But as we're building out these podcast pairs and we're talking about these teams, there will be a couple we touch on that aren't going to live up to expectations. It's the same deal as what we talk about guys that wind up going to be lottery picks in the draft. They're not going to hit. They're going to they're going to have bad careers. They're going to be out of the NBA in four or five years. It's hard to predict which ones those are. Creighton feels like a team that does apply to this scenario. It was good last season. Brings back a lot of pieces. We want to see how Nembard uh, comes back from the wrist injury. He had surgery on it. They should improve. But I'm just not there yet that Creighton is going to be the best team in the Big East. I find the Big East race to be pretty compelling. Where do you stand and how confident you are that Creighton will be uh, number one or a clear-cut number one in that league?
0: I don't think they're clear-cut. And this is where Creighton fans are you know, getting ready to throw their iPhones or computers uh, into a wall. Because every time I update the top 25 and one... um, somebody is is eager to tell me Creighton should be in the top five Creighton's top two Creighton should be number one um I you know I'm I I know you don't spend a lot of time looking at rankings because you don't want them to influence your own rankings um I'm the opposite I, I do look at everybody else's I mean whether it's uh uh John Rothstein or Jeff Brazello or Jeff Goodman you know I'm very aware of where other people have teams ranked if only because I don't want to have a like, oh, my God, I didn't think about that team. Or, oh, you know, um, I just don't want to miss something obvious. And, you know, most people have Creighton in the top 10 right now. Uh, Rothstein's got him all the way up at number three, behind only North Carolina and Gonzaga. And uh, I'm not going to sit here and um, insist that's too high because he might end up being right. But it is a big jump to go from where Creighton was to where some people think Creighton is going to be um, based on uh, they lost two of their top three scores and it's not like they enrolled the number one recruiting class in America. Although Baylor Shireman is awesome. Six, seven senior um, averaged 16.2 points per game. Last season, six, six wing. Yeah. got 7.8 rebounds per game. You know, shot 46.9% from three on 5.1 attempts. I mean, I think he's going to translate beautifully uh, from South Dakota State to to Creighton, and, and they're you know they're adding another transfer from TCU, Francisco Farabello, Mason Miller, former top seventy five recruit, Mike Miller's son. Um, he's my little homie from Memphis. You know, he's a six a, eight a shooter, red shirted last season. Perhaps he can make an impact. But I guess I would just say, um, and clearly, I think they're going to be good. But I, I I would I was surprised when I saw people jump them into the top five after Shireman committed, because you start trying to find examples of teams that were 50 and lower at Ken Palm. You know, they bring back a lot of good pieces, but lost two of their top three scores. And, you know, don't enroll a bunch of five star guys or it's just it's a big jump. Like, I, I wouldn't look just. Randomly to see if I could find teams that went from 50 or lower in Ken Palm two years ago to last season really really good. Auburn is an example of it. Uh, they were 60th at the Ken in 2021 and then finished 12th in 2022. But they added two first round NBA draft picks. Yeah, that's- <laughs> you know they added two first round NBA draft picks. Uh, so I am high on Creighton. I think they're going to win the Big East, but I'm not as high on Creighton. Um, as some other people are, just because, you know, typically, you know, to, to go from fifty or lower at Ken Palm to like top five at Ken Palm, you've got to add more than what Creighton is actually adding. Typically, doesn't mean it's impossible, but typically, I'm not sure this is a recipe for making that kind of jump.
1: Yeah, and again, Creighton fans, we we like your team a lot. I, I don't want <laughs> listen, when you when you especially if you're like a Creighton fan and you know, and I'm gonna get to this in just a second, you know how good uh or consistent your team has been, and you're thinking maybe, you know, this is this is the kind of year where we're going in and we should be getting more buzz and hype than maybe ever. There's something to that, but I'm just saying I have a tendency to want to push back on one or two or three projected league winners in a preseason because it doesn't always work out like that. I feel like Creighton might be that situation. My starting five projection would be Brenner at the five, Arthur Kalum at the four, Shireman at the three, Trey Alexander at the two, and then Ryan Nemhard at the one. I will give the program McDermott a ton of credit for this. You know, Creighton finished tied to atop the league in twenty twenty which is the only time this happened since it got the Big East. And it's a bit forgotten, but the Jays would have been maybe a two-seed, a three-seed at worst if we had that tournament. That's a little bit forgotten a couple years later. The program has averaged 22.1 wins the past seven seasons, GP, and finished between 20 and 25 wins in each of those years. So it has been steady, 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 for the most part, without having an NCAA tournament caliber team in just uh, two of those seven seasons. Five of the seven seasons, Creighton's been good enough to get to the NCAA tournament. And I'd say they over performed expectations for relative to what they were heading into last season. So if anything, I think Creighton's a tad undervalued nationally for how reliable it's become. And remember this stretch I'm talking about 22.1 wins over the past seven seasons. That is the post Doug McDermott years. Okay. So they've done a really, really good job. Non-conference schedule wise, they've got Texas tech and Maui. The Maui bracket uh, was officially released on Monday You want to talk about a crazy, crazy contrast in styles. Creighton versus Texas Tech is awesome. And then they'll either play. That's one where for your tournament seeding, like you want to beat Texas Tech, not just because it'll be a good win, but if you win, you get a crack at Arkansas. If you lose, you'll play a Louisville team that's not projected to be an NCAA tournament team in the first season under Kenny Payne. Um, So it's weird to me that Texas Tech... Creighton and Arkansas are in the top half of that bracket, but whatever. On the bottom half, you've got the likes of Ohio State, uh, San Diego State, Arizona, and Cincinnati. So we'll see. They also have Creighton does. They're at Texas December 1st. That's the Big East Big 12 series, which got officially announced on Monday as well. Uh, So that's a wonderful game. Wonderful game. They'll host Nebraska. Those two schools play annually, of course. And then they are playing uh, BYU and Arizona State in Las Vegas in December. All told, all told Paris. That's a pretty presentable non-conference schedule to me. Uh, given what Creighton is, what they're expecting to be, I think that's 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 pretty good. And the and the program, big picture, has been able to sustain itself well after enduring. This gets a little bit lost as well. You know, Creighton was subject to. A significant NCAA investigation following the FBI probe, where one of McDermott's former assistants—I mean, I watched the video—was was on camera accepting money um, in, in you know in an effort to uh, to steer prospects and players to Christian Dawkins's uh, agency. At that point, uh, they didn't realize they were uh, you know on the take from the FBI, but McDermott you know kept his job. Creighton uh, endured some sanctions, but it has not put the program. Um, Behind the eight ball, they've been able to uh, to maintain it, and now they've got they've got a fun, talented team, and yes, uh, a team that should be considered as likely as any other to win the Big
0: East. The game at Texas that'll be in Texas' new arena, right? Yes. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Um, and Creighton, it should be noted, has an incredible home court advantage uh, as well. Um, probably I, I, a
1: top five arena GP I have not been to that I want to experience I've heard this uh, like pro style you can speak to a pro style arena great home court uh, I definitely maybe this will be the season I get out there I've always wanted to go there but, uh, but you're speaking something that I've heard a lot of frankly media people and coaches talk about before
0: yeah um, I was there for Doug McDermott's senior night um, where he went off and it was obviously sold out it, the game was on CBS Sports Network it was Creighton Providence I, I believe and it was just funny I was at the Providence shoot around that day, and they <laughs> they spent an hour talking about what they were gonna. And then McDermott just came out, and it was like this. And, when he, and so when he gets the ball here, we're gonna do this. And it just didn't matter. He got, he got the ball, and did whatever he wanted. It that was of, and I, like I could probably tell by my lack of hair and wrinkles, um I've been doing this a long time now, and that was one of my favorite. You know game experiences that i've ever had like being in omaha that night for doug's senior night and watching him have that moment with his family in front of that crowd just being able to be a part of that like i i really felt like wow this is neat that i get to because i was on the sideline for it this is neat that i get to be a part of that so it's a it's a great home court advantage great environment and um you know, circling back, you you ran through the starting lineup that you would project. I think that's exactly right. And if you want me to argue the, hey, maybe Creighton's going to be better than I think they're going to be. And I I can't stress this enough. I think they're going to be good. I've got them 11th in the country. I've got them projected to win the Big East, But maybe they'll be even better than that. They are going to start, theoretically, four players who averaged double digits in points last season for an NCAA tournament team. How many teams are doing that? Yeah. Good question. Probably not, not, not many. Um last season's team, I just I, I always thought this was funny. Three of the top four scorers named Ryan. Ryan. Yeah.
1: I, yeah.
0: <laughs> that is that is had that ever happened before?
1: I'm sure it has, but I, I'm not sure it has. <laughs>
0: I'm sure there's a D3 team somewhere that had three of his top four scorers <laughs> named Ryan. I'm, in fact, I'm almost positive that's it, 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 How about never happened at the power conference level? Right, there, I, I doubt it. Um, just poking through the numbers a little bit. You know, Greg is one of the great offensive coaches in, in the country. And Creighton has traditionally been very good offensively. They weren't last season. Um, 112th in offensive efficiency, actually better defensively. 19th in, in defensive efficiency. Now Baylor Shireman, I think, can fix a lot of that. Um, I, I can't overstate how um, how impactful I think he's going to be. Um, and then you know, assuming you get Ryan Nimhard back, good as new. He's you know, he's the one they broke his wrist in, in February, um, in the middle of a game, and I remember watching that. And he knew immediately, like I, I can't remember exactly what he said, but like you could lip read. Yeah, and it was like it's broke. I, it was something like it's broken. It's it, you. He knew immediately something was bad, wrong. And then he had the season-ending wrist surgery. Um, b- but I'm assuming he'll be back, good as new. And, and so if he is, you know, it, it, they, they they've got a roster of 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 guys who. Um, you know, have a chance to to do something special. And by special, I mean, yes, maybe take Creighton to its first Final Four. Like, Creighton is now one of the great programs in the country that has not yet been to a Final Four. I think they've made one Elite Eight like a million years ago. But, you know, only been to a handful of Sweet 16s, one Elite Eight, no Final Fours. Um, there's a chance on paper that this could go down as the most accomplished team in Creighton basketball history. How about that? Let's set the bar there. Mm. When it's all over with, is this the most accomplished team in Creighton basketball history? McDermott
1: team, that same team you saw in Omaha, I want to say they got knocked out of the second round. I feel like they lost in the second round. You want to fact-check me on that, GP? Second round NCAA tournament. No. Uh, I, I, announced Baylor? Have, I, we done, have we done back-to-back pods on Baylor and Creighton? And Baylor was the team that knocked out Creighton in the second round.
0: What? I don't... Um, 2014 tournament. You got it right. It is 2014 NCAA tournament, beat Louisiana Lafayette in the first round and then lost to Baylor. Ooh, I remember it being bad. I think I might have been there. Eighty-five fifty-five. I love how you can't remember. <laughs> I might have been there. I think I might have been there, but I'm not sure.
1: Uh, that's too funny. By the way, um, I'm almost positive. You just said Louisiana Lafayette. I'm almost positive uh, that game had two future pros because I believe that was Alfred Payton's Louisiana Lafayette team, which they're now just Louisiana. but At the time, they were Louisiana Lafayette. Um, I'm I, I, I'm 90% sure. Uh, Alfred
0: Elf- Alfred Payton was on that team.
1: Bottom bang, here we go. Um, quick on Nemhard. I, I love his. If I assume he's going to return well from a wrist injury. Um, in fact, Ryan Nemhard and I have this in common. We both have broken our wrist and had surgery on a wrist playing basketball. Granted, the situations were drastically different.
0: Also broke uh, my wrist doing what? Riding a bicycle.
1: Okay. Oh yeah, we we've, we've shared this one on the on the pod before. Coincidentally,
0: w- I woke up from the anesthesia while they were resetting my arm. Yeah, that's horrendous. Oh, oh, horrendous. Horrendous. These two bones right here, if you do have two, this is the way I remember it. Um there's bones here and when you hear somebody broke their wrist, it's not usually broken 100%. Yeah. Mine were like either uh, like really, really bad. So they had to put me under, reset it. I woke up while they were resetting it. My parents could hear me yelling from the waiting room at the emergency room.
1: Absolutely horrendous, man. Just atro- atrocious. The, uh,
0: childhood, the childhood trauma I endured is still taking a toll on me.
1: Uh, I've mentioned this before in the podcast, but coincidentally enough, when I broke my wrist in 2002, when I... Uh, woke up after, not during the anesthesia, after surgery, it was when Terrell Taylor beat Florida in the first round of the NCAA tournament for Creighton. I was half awake and barely remember that, but uh, sure enough, that's it. As for Ryan Nemhard, I love his outlook. Last season, he averaged 11.3 points, 3.1 boards, 4.4 assists on 40.4 shooting overall from the field. Um, I I think that he has... uh, Terrific pro potential, similar to his brother, who who became I think twenty oh, first. He was in he was top twenty five pick. Andrew was out of Gonzaga there. Ryan might prove to ultimately maybe be better. He's a little smaller, which which is you know, the thing that's going to hold it against him. He's you know six feet, maybe six one. Uh, but overall, I, I I I love him as a college player, and if he's back and fully healthy. Yeah, he could be one of the best. I think he could be one of the best point guards in the country this season. Granted, if he's fully healthy. So keep an eye on that as well. If you are Creighton, and yeah, I, I, this is uh, this has been kind of long awaited as far as I'm concerned. In, in terms of the Big East, Jay Wright unexpectedly retires, and now we've got. And I think we're going to do one on Nova on the back end of this. So we'll get to, we'll get to Villanova a bit more and maybe expand this this discussion uh, even further beyond. But uh, in most seasons, it has been you head into the big, big East and it's Villanova and then everyone else. In most seasons, since the conference uh, reformed nearly a decade ago, this season it is different. Villanova is not going to be considered the favorite uh, by some, by many. Uh, maybe a few people will still have him as default there. Uh, I would resist that. And you could have Creighton, Nova... UConn, Providence, all in that, all in that conversation. There, I'm in, I'm interested to see, and I and I like the fact that the Big East finally has a little bit of, at least, projected change at the top of the league. If Creighton plays the way we think it will, yes, Creighton will win. Uh, will win the league, and in doing so, history shows. Now, this is granted, GP. This has been Villanova, but if you win the Big East, uh, you're looking at either a one or two or a three seed uh, at minimum. And if that were the case, yes. T- t- Come uh, all the way around in your your question. Uh put me down for put me down for 57% that this is uh the most accomplished and best year in Creighton men's basketball history.
0: Okay. We'll see. Shouts to Devin Downey, shouts to Chester, South Carolina, shouts to Huck and Larnell. Thank you guys once again for listening. I own college basketball podcast. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify at Apple. Five stars, nice review. Type some words. There's more of us than there are of them if you haven't subscribed to the youtube channel yet please do that as well and we will continue our summer shoot around series next week the next two schools we will be focusing on duke and gonzaga we'll have another episode in between then so just keep checking we'll be back real soon till then take care